0: This week, we go up, up, and away as we recap our time at the Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta. Plus, we have a listener question, a change to the channel, and so much more. This is RV Miles.
1: RV Miles is sponsored by LL Bean, dedicated to helping you experience all the benefits of time outside and stay more comfortable while you're out there. From soft and breathable activewear designed to do it all, to just right layers perfect for changing weather, to sun-smart clothing that blocks the sun's harmful rays, every LL Bean product is made with comfortable time outside in mind. Visit llbean.com to shop now. LL Bean, be an outsider. Welcome to episode 216 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason.
0: And I'm Abby, and we are two full-time travelers who have been on the road since 2016, crisscrossing North America with our three boys. Here at the RV Miles podcast, we talk about everything from travel destinations to industry news, our national parks, and so much more.
1: If you are watching on YouTube, you are watching this on the new RV Miles podcast. YouTube channel. We have decided to move the podcasts to their own channel on YouTube. And a lot of it has to do with the YouTube algorithm and what YouTube likes. But uh, it's a nice place where we can just have all the podcast episodes of RV Miles in one place for you to watch on a playlist or whatever. So if you are here for the first time on the new RV Miles podcast channel, please click the subscribe button so you can get notified every time we release a new podcast video. And if you're an audio listener, we'd appreciate it if you go and click the subscribe button on YouTube as well.
0: Yeah. Hey, and if you're an audio listener and you want to go over and see the puffy sleeves that I'm wearing today, (laughs) you should totally go over and see those because I'm currently wearing my very, very favorite shirt, courtesy of Target.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's kick off the show with a uh, a listener question. Uh, This came in from Richard. Richard has been uh traveling solo since his wife passed away mm. not too long ago all the best to you uh in that situation richard but richard wants to know with our vast experience
0: oh no, oh, no. <laughs> uh you'd like
1: to hear a discussion on the best and worst days of the week to travel between camping locations i find your podcast and rv news very helpful and informative thank you and see you on the road thanks richard um, so I did a little research. I, I did a little looking, uh, into best days of travel.
0: So you're not going to give him what we think well, I am. are the best yeah. days. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I'm going to okay.
1: start with the research.
0: Okay. Cause I have in my mind already what <laughs> days I think is best. It'll be so interesting yeah. to see what the research okay. says. Okay.
1: So the the research I looked up was really about, uh, safest days to travel, uh, because it, it, the uh traffic situation is really more about the time of day that you're Mm -hmm. traveling but the safest day to travel is apparently tuesday and then followed by wednesday and the least safe day to travel is actually saturday and if you think about that makes sense there's going to be more drunk drivers on saturdays but (laughs) Yikes.
0: Uh, I was just thinking traffic. No, no.
1: It's really all about drunk drivers. Really, it is. It's all about drunk drivers. But if you think about that, though, most of those people are not on the road when you might be traveling from campground to campground on a Saturday. So they're happening very, very early in the morning on Saturday after going out Friday night or late evening on Saturday. So I actually think Saturday is a really good day to drive as long as you're not driving at at those times, uh, because otherwise you might deal with rush hour somewhere.
0: See, I completely disagree. And (laughs) don't give me that sassy head tilt you're doing over there. I think that Sundays are actually really great travel days because, and this is my reason, this is why I like to travel. I like to travel on either a Sunday or I like to travel on Wednesday. And that tends to be some of the days we stick to because on Sundays, there does seem to be less traffic on the highways, on the road, especially this time of year with football season, but also because when you get into the campground, it's not as crowded. So Sundays are usually like really empty days in the campground. So it's just a little bit easier to get in. It's just there's not as much happening inside the campground.
1: I, I will say the internet disagrees with you. Of
0: course they do. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't totally dis. I don't totally disagree with you though. A lot of people say set Sunday is really bad. They feel like there's a lot of traffic from people returning from trips and I could see that like if you're going by an airport and that's an important thing to look at and then you know you mentioned football that that can be you know a reason people stay home but also if you're you're traveling by a stadium so one thing you want to really look at if you're going by a big city is sports schedules and that can go I mean that can go for a long distance away from the city
0: absolutely I think instead of best travel day. What seems to be happening here as we talk is it's really just about the area that you're in that's that influences what's going to be the best days of travel. Now we are in an area right now of Arizona, where we don't have to worry about football stadiums and airports and things of that nature. And so on a Sunday, when we travel, it was really, really nice when we traveled on Sunday from Williams down here to Sedona was a great day to travel. Now, it does seem that there's, you know, as you get, again, we're coming into the holidays. It's going to start if you're getting close to town, if you're heading into more urban areas, you're going to probably find that weekends, it doesn't matter if it's Friday, Saturday or Sunday, are probably really, really busy because of all of the holiday festivities that tend to take place on the weekends. You know, go into the botanical garden to see the light show, things of that nature. Like it's just going to start to get busy. So I think that it really does depend on the time of year and the area that you're in maybe a little bit more than the actual day that you travel
1: we tend to travel between rush hours just naturally I mean we're we're never we're never really out before everyone is heading to work and um, and we try to do shorter travel days so we try to get somewhere before we try to get somewhere before you you say we're always traveling 300 miles it's so much but everybody else is looking at us like that is nothing at all no it's not about
0: the miles though it's about the time that that takes us and 300 miles takes our family just naturally about seven to seven and a half hours and so if we don't leave until 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning we are showing up somewhere at like five o'clock.
1: Yeah, but we're trying to get somewhere by 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 that time, um, and right. if people are getting off work, we're we might be on the last bit of our destination, and that's bit us in the butt several times. Yeah, when we arrive in an area and everybody's getting off work. Yeah.
0: Hi Dallas. Hi <laughs> Vegas. Like all, so I again, a lot of you know, for us, you know, as seasoned travelers, whatever you know, take that either as a, a good or bad thing. Um, I think we tend to really schedule our travels around actually our schedule our yeah. work schedule like that we live by the work schedule so we know that you know after we get through the weekend a lot of times we do travel on a Sunday or a Monday because that tends to be a little bit slower for us or at least we're not filming and there's no editing and things of that nature
1: all that to say we don't really have a clue and you know no. it, it's Jason,
0: right. <laughs> Jason had to go to the internet he had to go to the internet to give you the very best but answer thank you Richard. so much
1: for your for your email <laughs> Richard uh, I also wanted to talk a uh, a little bit here at the beginning of the show uh about winterizing now is the time where a lot of people are doing sort of extended mm-hmm. stays into the shoulder season into the fall koa uh recently put out a report if you saw uh our last week's uh news video that people are camping are planning to camp much later into the fall this year than than normal. And uh, with that brings challenges of cold weather, but also a lot of people are putting their rigs away for the winter. So really quick, wanted to give a couple little tips for cold weather camping and then actually going to winterize. Oh, go know? for it. Okay. Okay. Well, so we will often, when when it is going to get below freezing, um, do a couple quick things that make sure that when we go over that overnight low mm-hmm. that things aren't going to freeze up on us. And the first thing we always do uh, if it's going to be below freezing is unhook the water hose. That's the first thing that's going to freeze outside. And don't forget like your water filter, like that can crack and explode. We've had that happen on it, us before. So we fill our water tank up, we unhook the hose and, and let the hose drain out. And uh, and we do not drip our water faucet. I, you'll see a lot of people recommend dripping your water faucet and leaving your gray tanks open. We close our gray tanks up because what we have seen happen, uh, the people have shared with us in the past, is that they have let things drip and they have built an ice dam inside their mm-hmm. sewer hose. And we want to avoid anything like that happening. And I mean, and you'd be surprised at how quickly a drip can fill up your tanks overnight. It really can very quickly. So definitely don't do a drip without having your tanks open. But again, like if you have the tanks open, that water is going in that sewer hose and it's going to freeze inside there. So um, that's very simple. And and we're usually good doing that down to, I don't know, upper twenties, 26 degrees or so. If We have the furnace running. We've got an enclosed and heated underbelly, which is heated by our furnace, and that is taking care of our tanks and and water lines in the RV. If you are just running off of space heaters or something like that and you aren't heating your underbelly, that could be a recipe for problems sooner than than what we normally deal with actually running our propane furnace. Um, Other things that we've seen people have issues with that you shouldn't forget about doing – uh, draining your lines to your outdoor kitchen. you know, if you've got an outdoor kitchen that has an exposed sink water supply and drain, we've seen people have issues with that, your outdoor shower the the places where water is that are that are exposed, right? So then if you're going to actually be in temperatures lower than that, you're going to winterize or you're gonna put it in the storage for the winter and actually winterize. Um, please make sure to actually do that. <laughs> A lot of people are new RVers here and they don't realize that you have to do that or they think they're in an area where, oh, it doesn't get that cold. And don't forget about Texas last February.
0: Who could ever forget about <laughs> Texas last February? You
1: have to drain the water out of your system. You have low point drains on your RV that you can open up that drains all the water out of your lines. But then you have to ev- evacuate that water out of your lines Somehow, because there's still going to be stuff that's at connections and then your water pump in different places, and when that freezes, that's a, that's going to cause a leak next time you you hook up to water. So we do antifreeze. We find that to be the simplest and quickest thing to do. Three gallons of antifreeze uh, are. We actually haven't done it in this RV yet. Our old one had a tube. You just stuck it in. The tube was attached to the water pump. You stuck it in the jug, and literally it took like five minutes. Yeah, it was to, quick. Yeah, you just go around, open every faucet until it turns pink.
0: And it's very easy then to dewinterize winterize yeah, it. It yeah. takes no time at all. I mean, we do this every time we get out of the rig for winter
1: don't be afraid of rv antifreeze it is a an fda approved food safe ingredient i know that doesn't mean it's like
0: something you want to
1: drink (laughs) but our rv antifreeze is is safe um and uh if you want to blow out your lines with air a lot of people blow their air their water lines out with compressed air instead of using rv antifreeze you can do that too that takes a little bit longer um you have to, you know, you have to have all the equipment, you have to have the air compressor, you have to have the nozzle to hook up and, and all that sort of stuff. And and it takes a little bit longer to make sure all the water comes out. There's no reason to do both. If you use the RV antifreeze, it fills all those lines up. But whatever you do, make sure then you also pour antifreeze. Even if you blow the airlines out, you need to pour antifreeze down all your different drains, all the all the traps in your RV. So down your uh, uh, sinks and your toilet and all that sort of stuff. And then you'll be protected for the winter.
0: I go. do love when you do the show notes. It's just a cornucopia <laughs> of is, stuff. Right? I had no idea what was coming today. And look in this one segment. We've had three discussions yeah, already.
1: There you go. And if I do want to mention quickly, too, though, if, if you are... Uh, if you're traveling through cold areas, there's no reason you can't winterize and then dewinterize over the course of like two days. It's totally fine to do that. Many people do it over and over, mm-hmm. and you should absolutely do that to protect your system.
0: We might be doing that in uh, just a few weeks ourselves. <laughs> we, might. If we can't find storage a little bit further south.
1: All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Albuquerque International Hot Air Balloon Fiesta, which was one of the greatest things we've ever done.
0: We'll be right back.
1: Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV. And the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector, made by Hughes Autoformers, beats the competition with field-replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small affordable part you can replace yourself. They'll even give you a free surge module in the first two years and now have a limited lifetime warranty. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoFormers.com. That's code RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoFormers.com. Fall is around the corner, so it's time to start thinking about prepping for the winter off season. Whether you own a motorhome, a travel trailer, or a truck camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. EmpireCovers.com offers high quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect. Every cover comes with a free multi-year warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. If you're not in need of a full cover, Empire has just launched a line of RV rooftop covers that keep the roof of your RV clean and protect it from UV rays. Listeners can receive free shipping and 60% off the original price of their cover order. Visit empirecovers.com slash RVMiles or use promo code MILES60 at checkout, empirecovers.com. Protect what you love. We are back, and it is time to talk balloon fiesta. Oh boy, <laughs> it was such a great experience. And uh, if you haven't checked out our See America podcast episode on the balloon fiesta, it's from a few months back. Uh, it really covers like what the fiesta is all about and all the different reasons. Um, it happens. But suffice it to say And
0: I'll before you go on, I'll link to yeah. it if you're watching, I'll link to it in the description. And if you're listening, I will link to it in the show notes, which is at rvmiles.com two one six.
1: Suffice it to say, there is something about Albuquerque, New Mexico, mm-hmm. about the mountains surrounding it and the being in the valley that they create something called the Albuquerque box, which is an a, an area in downtown Albuquerque where the wind conditions are just right when the balloon fiesta happens in October usually the wind conditions are just really great for hot air balloons so this festival's been going on for decades and over 500 hot air balloons come you you when you first got there <laughs> you're
0: speechless
1: you well you were
0: uh i was skeptical. i skeptical <laughs> yes i was a skeptic so we arrived Right. As the fiesta was starting, it's usually a nine day event starting on one Friday and then ending the following week on a Sunday. And we showed up and we did the the thing you're supposed to do the very first day of the fiesta, the very first thing that everyone says, you know, if you've never been before, this is what you have to do. And that is wake up at 430 in the morning, haul yourself out of bed, go outside in the dark, in the cold, walk over to the field and experience the dawn patrol and the balloons going up and all of this majesty. And we do that. Uh, Four out of five of us do that. (laughs) The 14-year-old is like, sorry, 430 is not for me. We were like, okay, peace. We'll see you. We go. We're walking. I'm walking with my two young ones. Uh, I look at you and I'm like, I don't know like why are all of us walking towards a field at five o'clock in the morning to watch a bunch of balloons float up into the sky jason i i kind of wish i was back in bed asleep and within five minutes not even that of being on the field i was like oh my gosh, that's the most amazing thing i've ever seen (laughs) i mean it was you can't describe it and Again, it's kind of like, we'll probably talk about this on the future episode, being at the Grand Canyon. We've all seen a million pictures of the balloon fiesta and a million pictures of the Grand Canyon. And again, skeptic of the Grand Canyon right here, this, this lady. And it isn't until you put your own eyes on it that you get it. Yeah. And that's how it was as dawn was breaking and these balloons are firing up and you're down in the thick of it on the field.
1: Yeah, you get you're right up next to these balloons blowing up in the morning. And that's why you get down there so early. Everything happens early, but um, you get to see them inflate and, you know, see them pulling that fire to shoot it into the balloons.
0: Yeah, it's amazing and i think that i'm very glad that i didn't listen to the skeptic side of me but that i i went and did this because what a disappointment that would have been if i had just said oh you know i don't want to go and I'm just going to stay home. But I think before we get into sort of the majesty of all of this, let's talk a little bit about the practicalities of it, yeah. about actually attending.
1: So it, the Balloon Fiesta is an RVers event. I mean, there's hundred percent tons of RVing happening there. There's lots of different options for that we'll get to in a minute. But you're going to be camping on site, ideally, if you're going to the Balloon Fiesta. You can Go to a local Albuquerque campground and drive in. But boy, traffic is real rough getting into the Bloom Fiesta.
0: Well, let's give this tip really quick. If you're very, very serious about wanting to do this, so next year is the 50th anniversary of the Fiesta. So it's a big deal next year. If you're very, very serious about wanting to attend this, 150% stay in the field stay with the fiestas camping because all of the albuquerque rv parks bless them i get it they raise their rates they skyrocket their rates there were some places that were charging 120 dollars a night to stay there and i get it you get the full hookups over there it's a totally different vibe here on, you know, at the fiesta, you're dry camping, or you you can be hooked up to power and water, but your neighbors are all very close. You're, pay you're in more a dirt lot, yeah. all of that. That said, to not have to sit in traffic, to be able to walk over to the field, and not spend a hundred and twenty dollars a night,
1: and have to drive, and, and then have, have to sit to through drive. traffic, and then pay to park at the fiesta, and all that sort of stuff.
0: It's absolutely worth it to me if I'm because I'm going for the fiesta yeah, and no. this is going to give you the best experience staying staying on I don't I guess call it on site let's right. just call it on, on site. site
1: you you mentioned it's a nine-day event mm-hmm. um, you can experience the balloon fiesta in one day uh, yep. they basically repeat the same thing uh, especially on the weekend days so like friday and saturday even like thursday friday saturday but basically friday and saturday are the kind of the best days for yeah. both of those weekends the thing though is weather is a major factor it once mm-hmm. the wind if the wind gets over like 6 miles an hour um they don't go up even less than that Um, I think six miles an hour, that's when they inflate them only. Yeah. Um, And more than that, they don't even inflate them on the ground. So you don't want to put all your eggs in a one-day basket.
0: No, that said, I mean, for some people, you know, nine days is not realistic.
1: And you don't need to do nine days.
0: Yes, but you know, what ended up happening for us, I think we were there for a total of 11 days, but that very first weekend and into the week was spectacular i mean i i know jason if you're watching this is he's gonna overlay some of the photos that we took of these balloons you know out on the field flying over the sabre like just unbelievable we had this days of this and then something happened midweek the weather shifted it got a little bit colder and that following weekend the closing weekend yeah was just from start to finish such a disappointment for most people. And in some days they weren't even able to go up at all. Some days I don't even think they were able to just do uh, burns. Yeah, Like they couldn't even get the balloons. The wind was so strong. They couldn't even get the balloons up. So all they were doing was just, it was just the basket and they were burning the fire. Like that was it. And so it is, you know, it, it can be if, you know, you can't do the whole thing in hopes of getting a few wonderful days there is that possibility because it's just, it's, it's the weather. It's unpredictable.
1: Let's talk about what a day at the balloon fiesta is like though. Um, so as you mentioned, it all starts very early, very early. <laughs> uh, because the balloons, when they actually go up is, is in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, they begin with something they call dawn patrol. And this is in, this is just before the sun comes up in, the, in those uh, pre-dawn hours, usually they send a few balloons up to sort of test the winds and see which directions the winds go. Because the the winds are different directions depending on the elevation. It's, yeah, amazing. it's amazing. So they the balloon only goes up and down, but they know at a certain height, it's going to go this way and they can <laughs> yeah. like circle back and forth and all this sort of stuff. So they send a few balloons up with some flashing beacons on them at Dawn Patrol. So you can be there for that. Check that out. Um, but then after, after the sun comes up, they do... Um, Mass ascension, which is in which is when all the balloons start going up. You know, row by row, they've got a field with a grid of all of them laid out, and they start from the middle and work them their ways out. But between the dawn patrol and and when they all go up, you can be down there watching them inflate and, and all that sort of stuff.
0: It's amazing. I I don't know how to really verbally express mm-hmm. what it's like. I think it's just one of those things you have to stand there and you kind of have to see for yourself. Uh, one thing I want to mention about Mass Ascension is that from a a campers and RVers perspective, we were camping in the South Lot and the South Lot is primarily a dry camp spot. There are a few electric and water and prices are going to range from during the Fiesta, $40 for dry camping. And I do believe depending on the lot you're in, they've got some VIP lots, things like that. You're going to go all the way up beyond $100. Okay, so again, it's all about how you want to experience this and the budget that you're on. In the south lot, if the winds are cooperative, and they were cooperative for about the first five days, you will experience one of the most amazing mornings of your life because there will be dozens and dozens and dozens of balloons that are flying right over you. And this particular spot that we were in, we were right across from a field where numerous balloons would use as a, as a landing point. So we had mornings starting at about 6.30 going till probably about eight thirty, nine o'clock, where we just watched just dozens of balloons float over us and land in that field. And they would get so close that our neighbor, we would stand out there with our neighbor and we would play the game of like, whose air conditioner is going to get knocked off first (laughs) by the basket because they would come in so hot. And these balloons would, they would just be like they've just lifted and they're just going to come across and they're going to land here in this South lot. Well, sometimes they would come in so fast and so low that it literally looked like they were going to hit your rig and it's very thrilling because they're so close and it's very terrifying from an insurance perspective as well <laughs> but it was amazing and sometimes they would come in and there every balloon has a chase team and the chase team is there to hopefully get to the landing point before the hot air balloon gets there because they need to assist with the landing and they need to be there to make sure that the basket doesn't tip over essentially so some mornings the chase team couldn't get to the balloon because traffic was still trying to come into the field. But these early risers were up and over and they're coming over to us in the south a lot. And these um, pilots would be like yelling out like, I need some help. I need help. And all these RVers would rush out to the field to assist the pilot and grab the basket and make sure you know that they don't go down while they wait for the chase team to show up. It's crazy. And all of
1: that (laughs) is happening in, in the camping lot Without ever entering the actual Fiesta,
0: yes, yes,
1: you do have to have tickets to even if you're camping to go out onto the Fiesta yes. field and be near the balloons going up. But you don't have to have a ticket for every day because some days you no. just wait by your RV and watch them.
0: Yeah. And this particular section we were in was, as I said earlier, it was $40 a night during the fiesta. Now you can come in as early as a week before or the week of that start and I think it's half price there like $20 a night. Like you can come in on the Monday and then the fiesta starts on Friday. Well that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you pay $20. Fiesta kicks in you pay 40. Over there, I do want to say this so we don't forget. They do have honey wagons.
1: Yes. And water fills.
0: Yes. So you can for a fee, I think it was $30 this year. Now we're just sharing 2021 prices. I can't say what 2022 is going to be like yet because nothing has gone on sale. And it generally won't, I think, until the first of the year. Uh, It was $30 for a freshwater fill and then $30 for a dump.
1: Yeah. And there is free freshwater. You just can't um,
0: you can't drive your RV up to get it. You need yeah, to have a bladder. So, if you or something. have a bladder
1: or something, or you can get it on your way in, I think. But, um, but you can't. You you have to pay for it to be delivered if you want it to be.
0: Yeah, delivered. and so we were there for eleven days. And can we, you know, let's give a shout out to our fifth wheel because we were there for eleven days and we did get one water fill from some friends of ours who had a bladder and they were so sweet they filled it up. They brought it over uh, because there are several rallies that also happen. And so full time families was here during this. I think escapees was there. Um, there was
1: a big Airstream rally going. Airstream, oh on. my gosh, there, there, was there was a huge uh, uh,
0: Monica was mm-hmm. there. Um, and then what were the Class C's across from us? Um, oh, there were a
1: bunch of Lazy Days Class yes, C's. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So
0: there's a there's so many events happening for RVers that are going on. And then obviously, we were doing some events um, and sharing some seminars with uh, RV Life and Lippert, who were this year's major sponsors. So it was great to see the RV industry recognizing that there's a lot of RVers at events like this. But I want to say one more thing about the tickets. And then we should talk a little bit about your balloon ride. Sure. Um, But tickets are not at least this year. You could not do like a one day pass that would get you both the morning session and the evening session. They were selling those separately and it was $15 uh, a ticket and anyone um, 13 and older needed a ticket And so you would have to buy for the morning and you would have to buy for the evening. I believe that they sell like a punch card that you can punch out and you pay for, you know, either the full or I'm, I'm not sure. I couldn't find it. I didn't look that hard (laughs) to be honest because we had a whole, it was a lot going on, but I, and I was trying to figure some things out when we were there with Jack, but, um, I do believe you can buy like a punch card and I'm hopefully it's discounted and you're not just playing paying the flat rate. But, but the
1: the Fiesta is sort of like it. there is morning stuff and then everything yes. over there shuts down for midday until yeah. it starts picking up again back in, in later day around like three, four o'clock.
0: Yeah, I, my whole point with this is it is... It is expensive. It, it can get very expensive very quick. So, you know, as you're budgeting this, just kind of keep in mind that you will need yeah. tickets for at least everyone 13 and older. And those tickets could be a little bit pricey depending on how long you're but there. But
1: I think it is great that they don't charge you for kids, which oh, is, is totally. cool. But I, I think if if I were to be doing it again, which we are going to do again, mm-hmm. I think you could very easily, you know, go plan to camp for seven eight nine days whatever plan to camp the whole time and then just plan to go down to the field for one morning and one evening for sure and pay for those day of Mm -hmm. uh, you know on the day that that it's going to be good wind right yeah I mean because
0: we will do it again next year and we will be with full-time families again next year because what ends up happening is our kids spend every waking moment running around Lane, with friends. Yeah.
1: Um, so like we said, it's split between the morning and the evening. So in the morning, you get the, the balloons blowing up, the mass mm-hmm. ascension, and I got to go on a balloon ride, which was fantastic. It's something you can... Pay to do too if you want to. It is very expensive. It's going to be like 500 bucks if you want to ride on a balloon. Um, I'm so thankful to Lippert and Harvey Life for letting me do that. But uh, And Abby was going to get to go, but then the, then the well, weather got the best of it.
0: Didn't. And I saw what it looked like for some people trying to land on those windy days. And I said, mm-hmm. I, I went
1: on like the first day or second was, day or something. Yes. And my landing was, it was like butter. It was so soft. And I had Your not... Landing seen some of the future landings that happened near our <laughs> rv which would have given me a little bit more concern because we did see a few few bangers
0: Oh, we saw a few bangers for sure <laughs> i i was like nope nope not doing it
1: but when you go down to the field there's a there's a lot more to do than than just the balloons as well it's a it's a big festival atmosphere with lots of food vendors music there's uh there's concerts in the evening there is uh chainsaw carving demonstrations there's souvenirs all kinds of sort of stuff
0: fireworks
1: yeah so if you come in so the morning stuff happens and ends around 11 noon or whenever it all ends and then you come back for the evening, um, if you wish. And the evening involves what they call the glow, which is where they just inflate the balloons on the ground, and then you can go walk around and talk to the pilots, and they collect hand out, the
0: cards, they hand out
1: trading cards that the kids can grab yeah. or adults, and uh, and then it, when it gets dark, they all do, uh, they all. Pull on their thing and burn at the same time. There, the announcer calls out, you know, like five, four, three, two, one, and everybody chants with them. And they all pull down on their flames at the same time, and it's just this amazing, amazing view of hundreds of balloons lit up in an orange glow at nighttime. And how
0: many more times can I use the word magical? (laughs) It's just magical. And then, and then
1: they they bring them down. You know, you you, you, they all come down and they roll them up and sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. And while they do that, or after they do that, there's a, an amazing fireworks show. Yeah. Really great fireworks yeah. show that they do four times. It's pretty
0: spectacular. It
1: was it was great. And then there's a concert and, and all that sort of stuff. So the, the morning is great. The evening is great. They're totally different things. But yeah, the
0: vibe is very different on the two events.
1: Yeah. Now, if you are camping on site and you're in the south lot where we stayed... To get over there, it is like a half hour walk. To get over there, you, you half, like to you like to underestimate the walks. It was like I, a half hour walk. No. to it, get over there.
0: It depends on the kind
1: of it's walker quite you. White the are. walk to get over if there. If you
0: are a walker with purpose with and kids, a goal, you're going to get there in 20 minutes. If you are casually strolling and you get it's distracted a by shiny things, walk
1: at 4:30 in the morning from the South Lot. Yes. Now you there are shuttles that you can take Uh uh-huh um but driving over and parking we had a parking pass not even with the parking pass not the greatest thing in the world because it's just difficult to get in and out of the parking yeah um if you stay in one of the vip lots you can then just walk to the field you're 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 adjacent to the field and you can just walk You're so the VIP, but we we thought that the south lot the more affordable south lot was a better. better experience because the balloons coming right over you and landing right next to you we thought that was very much mm-hmm. worthwhile
0: absolutely i just also want to mention that there is two coffee shops Within walking distance of the south lot. (laughs) One of those is a Starbucks that opened up on October 1st because they weren't playing. They knew the fiesta was starting. (laughs) The
1: whole event is a blast. Uh, Like we mentioned, camping in and around is expensive. And that Mm -hmm. goes for before and after the fiesta as well. If Mm -hmm. you want to try to get a campsite for a couple days before coming in and boondocking at the fiesta, that's going to be expensive as well.
0: I I Um, feel like we could talk a lot about (laughs) Albuquerque, too, because we stuck around for another week but we have to wrap this up or this is going to be like a two-hour show. But
1: Albuquerque is a great town to visit. The Fiesta is a great experience to go to. Next year, 50th anniversary, uh, it's probably going to be very heavily sponsored by the RV industry, Mm -hmm. uh, different manufacturers and stuff, uh, more than it was this year. Uh, So it's going to be a great event for RVers. Really consider going.
0: You should. We'll be there.
1: All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have our Fresh Tank, Black Tank
0: segment. Be right back. Find your next camping adventure with the Spot Tonight app. Spot Tonight offers real-time visibility across numerous campgrounds available for immediate booking. Easy to use and free to download, with Spot Tonight you can build a traveling profile, share parks with friends via messaging, and mark your favorite campgrounds. Travelers can search for specific parks that meet their exact needs for tonight and beyond. No more blind searches in hopes of finding an available spot. Simply look, book, and go. Campground owners, download the Spot Tonight app and see how your park can join a vastly expanding network. For more information, visit spottonight.com or simply download the app in the Apple or Google Play stores. Look, book, and go with Spot Tonight. Travel may seem a bit confusing right now, but Out Travel the system is here to help. The podcast brought to you by Expedia is full of tips and tricks from experts so you can hack your travel. Have confidence as you plan your next road trip adventure or dream vacation, thanks to Out Travel the System. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show.
1: It is now time to check the level of our tanks. Oh,
0: you're I- doing that, huh? <laughs> I- <laughs>
1: yes, apparently I am. I don't know. Well, you go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you first,
0: darling. You rolled into that like old hat. You go for it, babe. It is
1: now time to check the level of our tanks. Abby, what is in your black tank?
0: Mine is a gray tank. Okay. It's not a full legit black tank. Uh, But my gray tank goes to Apple because if they don't stop redoing all of their things, they're going to make this family broke. (laughs) Because every time something new drops for 48 hours, I am bombarded with this is what this is about it's got this it's got that it's got this it's hey, got that hey, and then in 48 hey, it only at this point hey. it's only 48 hours for me to just be like will you please go order the darn thing because i want to talk about it anymore who
1: uh, who has airpods and who has an apple watch um, excuse and me who is not me
0: excuse me who has airpods on the way yeah but who they're not i don't ordered? have them yet who, who literally is on who has the 16 inch screen t- like computer in this family? not me. not me who is literally still using the same computer as you are on your second Apple you have to stop you're like you're killing me over here between between the computers. I know it's Techtober and what's happened is the computers and the cameras are all dropping. And this, this, like, and so's my bank account, and I can't handle it.
1: Hey, the camera I want is a year old, okay?
0: Okay, listen. So you are getting this new computer. They're giving uh-huh. us a great trade in on the one uh-huh. that you have, see? which is part of yeah. the reason why we can uh-huh. do this. How long? How long, Jason, till we see this computer? Oh, at least a year. No, not how long will we have oh, it, honey? How long until we, we see it? At least, oh, we won't get it for at least a year. How long at this point will we have to wait for this computer? Uh,
1: They say it'll ship in five to six weeks. Five to
0: six weeks. They have to build
1: it. I'd imagine in a couple weeks I could go pick one up at an Apple store, but it's not going to have the specs I want.
0: You mean to tell me that Apple didn't, make a bunch of these Look, before how do you think peter mckinnon and all those other big yeah YouTubers they got the six thousand
1: dollar one right this way we get to have it sent to a campground somewhere and we get to get kicked out again oh. and we can have more <laughs> content surrounding it right that my That's... old lap, my laptop that I'm trading in was worth way more than we spent on it.
0: It's the whole reason we have a YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> what is in your fresh tank?
0: Okay, so my fresh tank goes to all of you musicians out there who are cover bands, or you're just doing that solo gig and playing that cover music, and you're you're starting to slowly get back into the restaurants and the bars and the festivals. I just, I want to say that, I think what you do is such a service to all of us, and I'm so thrilled that musicians are able to get back on the local circuit again, like our local musicians, right? Because so when we were in Williams over the weekend, we were able to go and dine outside, and there was a solo musician with his guitar, and he was playing fantastic cover music. He was so good. You're right there
1: on route 66 and he's playing all this, you know, route 66 style, classic rock music.
0: He gets the whole patio singing. Hey Jude with him. And it's these musicians. It's, it's these solo artists that they're creating such a fun environment. And we weren't even going to go out to dinner that night, but you and I were walking back and we heard the music floating down the street and just the vibe of it. And we just were like, we got to go get the kids and we're going to go dine outside and we're going to listen. And it was so wonderful. And I just thought, you know, this would, we would not have felt that way if it had not been for that artist out there with his guitar. And he was a really good guitar player. He was great. So I just, my Fresh Tank this week just goes to all of you who go and you play the song That everyone wants to hear Even though you've played it I'm Like, am five... sorry
1: you've played Sweet Caroline So We're many so times in your life Sorry, Thank you for doing that We're so sorry if you have
0: to play Freebird <laughs> One more time <laughs> but that is my fresh tank for the week. What is in your black tank this week?
1: Uh, I guess I'm a big part of my black tank this week. My black tank goes to fuel prices, but not in the way that you think. They're they're definitely high, but I paid a lot more for fuel than I needed to when we were in Williams. So Williams was an awesome town we had yeah. a great experience in Williams we'll like we said
0: talk about it on a future yeah, episode and,
1: and but there were two two fuel stations between the highway and our campground you know a half mile distance right and the first one was like 440 a gallon the second one was like 445 so I went to the one that was 440 and I'm like Oof. oh man we got to get out of this Grand Canyon gateway community it's <laughs> awfully <laughs> expensive for fuel here and then I look after I get fuel, the Love's truck stop on the other side of the interstate that would have been like a thousand more feet for me to travel was, I'm not kidding, an entire dollar cheaper for yeah. fuel. Then there were two other stations in Williams, like on this trip, that were almost an entire dollar cheaper. Cheaper.
0: This ate you all. Weekend, oh, I was so angry. Weekend.
1: I put ninety dollars in the Stop. tank and didn't even fill it up.
0: Yeah, that's why you can't get those extra accessories on your <laughs> computer now.
1: <laughs> so the 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 black tank goes to me for not looking like on the Gas Buddy app or something and being like, oh my gosh, it's a dollar. but th- we're seeing the same thing here.
0: Oh yeah, so we're in uh, we're in Camp Verde and the Shell just right here off the highway is saying. Three ninety nine. Well, I had to go over to Basha's and I drove two miles in and right next to the grocery store, 335, two extra miles. Now I know that's tough, that's not possible n- when more, you have an RV, yeah. two extra miles, 64 cent difference.
1: It's am- the difference is incredible. Normally mm-hmm. you're used to like stations having like a 5 to 10 cent well, difference between each other. Here's the thing.
0: This shell isn't even RV friendly. Yeah. It's not like a truck stop. It's, a, it's just... It it's, just happens to be off the highway. It just happens to be off the highway. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. That's a black tank. All right, what's your fresh tank?
1: Uh, my fresh tank is a guy we met at the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta. His name's Mike DeMauro. Uh Mike is a, a person who... Lives with autism and is an autism advocate and specifically camping with autism and camping with disabilities and he's he's really great guy um that has a has a facebook group that you can find we'll link to it in the show notes and in the description as well it's called mike's mission um and you can follow his journey across the country but mike is uh in addition to like speaking about uh autism advocacy and and camping with disabilities wherever he goes Uh, Mike is on a mission to deliver Uber Eats in every single state. It's
0: so cool. Which is
1: really, really cool. Yeah, Uh, So he is up to 26 states. He's in Louisiana right now, um, and he's been sharing pictures of getting all the beignets at all the different places but he delivered <laughs> he delivered uber eats in in louisiana and i look forward to watching him try to travel to the rest of the state he even plans on doing alaska and
0: hawaii he's gonna oh, fly to
1: those and do those as well
0: so cool it was such a pleasure and such an honor to meet him and because he came to our talk about rving in national parks at the balloon fiesta and it was so great to talk to him afterwards yeah so
1: please make sure to go follow his facebook Page. Absolutely. We'll, we'll share it again in the
0: show notes what a cool adventure he is on all right I think that's it. I don't think we were able to keep this under an hour. I hope so. Maybe you can do some editing magic. It'll be under an hour. Okay. (laughs) So 50% of the things I talked about today will not be (laughs) in the episode, just so you know.
1: (laughs) That's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles Podcast.
0: Yes, it is. And I'm going to quickly wrap this up. Just a reminder, if you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcast and leave RV Miles a five-star review. Your review is helping put us in front of a whole new generation of RVers. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, reminder, hey, it's holiday season. And that means a lot of us are going to be shopping on Amazon. Please consider supporting RV miles by going to amazon.com shop slash RV miles before you start shopping for anything. Or if you're looking for that gift for the RVer, we have put all of our holiday gift guides, all of our camping gear recommendations, and so much more there in our shop. All right, that is it. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the new RV miles podcast, YouTube channel. And until next week, Keep logging those RV miles.
1: Bye, everybody.